بسم الله الرحمن الرحیم لا حول ولا قوت الا بالله العلی العظیم الحمد لله رب العالمین وصلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا ابي القاسم المصطفى محمد وعلى اله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بقيه الله في الارضين اجل الله تعالى فرجه الشريف وجعلنا من اعوانه وانصاره The third aim of riyadha or self discipline is to try to make the transient states of our soul permanent there are two terms that normally is used in the books of akhlaq and irfan one is hal and the second is malaka or maqam hal is a sort of a state of the soul which appears for a while and then disappears for example sometimes you know when you recite quran or you say dua like these nights for few minutes it's as if you are you know in the air you are so close to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you feel no pain no problem no difficulty no, nothing concerns you but then quickly this disappears one some of the companions of the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam ask him why is it that when we are with you we feel very good very well but when we go outside we lose that state and the prophet said if you could be always in the same state you would be able to shake hands with angels if you could make it endurable but this is natural that you have it and then it disappears there is no person that has never had any such good experience normally this happens to all people and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by showing them these moments try to motivate them to follow the path of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sometimes you have good dream something you know that gives you some inspiration something that tells you something about future events sometimes in the period of ziyara or you know being for example busy with recitation or dua or istighfar or prayer you experience these good things but the most difficult thing is to make them endure to prolong them this is very important So one way of doing this is riyaza by practicing by self disciplining we can make this thing that may happen in the beginning once a year to happen once a month then maybe once a week maybe once a day and then it becomes always the same we have seen people that they are always so much devoted to ahlul bayt that as soon as they remember imam ali they eyes become full of tears i have seen myself one of ulama who was giving us dars akhlaq you could hardly find him talking about imam ali and his eyes not be full of tears something that may happen to us 
once a year or you know several times a year. But for him, this was a permanent state. Why? Nothing in this world happens by chance. Everything is according to exact and accurate planning of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If this man is like this, there must be a reason for that. If I am not like him, there is a reason for that. Nothing happens by chance. The first thing that we must forget is to think that piety can be achieved by chance. I can have my, you know, indulgence in life, and then all of a sudden, I become very good. This is impossible. Everything has its own reasons and explanation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the wise. He never does anything in vain. So by practicing, we can, this is the third aim, which is Khaja Nasiruddin mentioning. By practicing, we can make these transient states of our soul permanent, which we call it malakeh, means something which is permanent. For example, if someone is very fearful, always fears, you know, for example, if he or she is alone in the house, he or she feels very frightened. It's possible that once this person may be able to be brave enough to stay alone at home. This may happen. But this is not enough. We don't call such person brave person. But by practice, by repetition, this may become a permanent state of the soul. Or, for example, if someone is not generous, before saying anything, before doing anything, before inviting any person, he calculates the cost. There are some people, you know, who always, you know, first calculate the cost and then they start something. So this person may happen that once in his life or once a year he may, you know, invite some people, you know, and give them iftar or, you know, give them something. But this is not enough. This must be prolonged and must become a permanent state. It's only when it's permanent we call this person generous. So this needs self-discipline. Or for example, there are people who remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When they say their prayer, they remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alhamdulillah, it's good. At least when they say their prayer, they remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But as soon as they finish the prayer, they forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When they start their work, their job, their business, you cannot distinguish whether this man is a believer or not believer. Many people, when you, you know, put an eye on them, on their behavior, on their talks, you cannot understand whether he is mu'min or not mu'min. Yes, by looking at his beard, you may say he is mu'min. Or, for example, by looking at tasbih in his hand or, you know, for example, having torba in the sh- on the shelf, you may say this is mu'min. But if someone, you know, comes from another, you know, planet who does not know these things, just look at the way this man treats other people. May not realize that this is mu'min. Because exactly like someone who is not mu'min. This state of remembrance of Allah must not be only, only when we say prayer. Must not be when only we are in the mosque or center or shrine. This must be always there, permanent. رَجَالٌ لَا تُلْهِيهِمْ تَجَارَةٌ وَلَا بَيْعٌ عَنْ ذِكْرَ اللَّهِ There are people neither trade nor business, purchase, preoccupy their mind, make them busy to forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In another ayah, Those who remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whether they are standing, whether they are sitting, whether they are lying on their sides, 
in all circumstances, they remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this needs riyaza. This cannot be easily achieved. This needs practice. Now here there is a point, and this point is mentioned by the late Shahid Mutahari in a series of lectures he had about um, education and pedagogy. It's a very important point. He says there are some people, some moral philosophers, who say that there is no value in your good deeds if they have become like habit, if they have become like something that you are used to it. Why? Because then they will no longer be out of your will, out of your decision. This is a very important point and then very beautiful answer by Shahid Mutahari. For example, there are some people who do something and if you quickly ask them what are you doing, they cannot explain. This shows that they have no control of what they do. It has become just a habit. You know, sometimes, for example, if you live for a while, for example, in Mashhad, okay, then every time you see the tomb of Imam Raza, salam, you say, Assalamu alayka ya Ali ibn Musa Raza. This is very good. But sometimes it becomes like a habit. Then if you quickly go to Qom, then you say to Hazrat Ma'asume, Assalamu alayka ya Ali ibn Musa Raza. Because it has become like a habit. As soon as you see a dome, you say, As-salamu alaykum. There is no value in this. This is like a sort of, you know, parrot that has learned something. Or, for example, there are some people who are always making wuzu. Permanently they have tahara. So, if they don't make wuzu, they feel very bad. Not because... They feel the difference between tahara or not. No, because this has become like a habit. It's like, for example, having no newspaper in the morning with your breakfast. For some people, if they don't have newspaper with their breakfast, this is a tragedy. So, for some of us, good things of Islam become like that. And then it would be no value in that. It must be with full attention. So some people have suggested that when you make something as your habit, when you practice so much that it becomes permanent character of you, there is no value in that. Because it becomes like these examples. But the answer is very beautiful by Shahid Mutahari. He said there are two ways of being used to something. Two ways of practice. Sometimes you become used to something to the extent that you no longer think what you are doing. Just automatically you do it. By default, by nature you do it. This is not valuable. Like the examples that we mentioned. But sometimes you practice, you discipline yourself to the extent that you can overcome the difficulties and the hardship of doing something great. This is very good. To be generous, it's difficult if I am not a generous person. But I can practice, I can repeat it and repeat it to the extent that it would be easier for me to be generous. But still I have control of what I am doing. Or like, for example, the example of prayer that we said. If we train our children when they are very young to say the prayer of Fajr, when they grow up, it's not that they don't understand what they do. It's not, they are not like those people who say something when they are sleeping. No, they fully understand what they do. 
They wake up, they make wuzu, they open sajjade, they say their prayer, they understand what they do. But because it has become a sort of habit, it's much easier for them. In other words, the role of practice in these things is not to replace attention. It's just to overcome hardship. Still, attention must be there. So, by self-discipline, we can make things which look very difficult in the beginning, easy. I don't know if you have heard the name of uh, Ayatollah Qudusi. He was one of the students of Imam Khomeini and Allah Metabatabai and Ayatollah Burujardi. And indeed, he was son-in-law of Ayatollah Allah Metabatabai. And he was the first person uh, to open a school, new system of schooling in Hose, in the seminary of Qom, with Ayatollah Beheshti. And then other people, you know, followed the same path. In the past, they didn't have, you know, a school with a special curriculum. It was, you know, free. So one of the advices he used to give to Talabe for being able to do tahajjud, because tahajjud is difficult. So he used to say, first, try to set your alarm, so that before Fajr, you just wake up. You don't need to get up. Just wake up, and then sleep. For one week, two weeks, you just do this. Just for example, if Fajr is 6 o'clock, Five o'clock or five thirty, just wake up and then go to sleep. After this becomes easy, then just get up. Just sit for two, three minutes and then go to sleep. You don't need to go to make wuzu. Just two, three minutes, sit in your bed. Then when it becomes easy, then just go make wuzu and come and sleep. When this becomes easy, then go and make wuzu and just say two rak'ah and go asleep. Gradually, it becomes so easy that you don't need, you know, to undertake lots of pains for doing the hajjot. It becomes like a habit. And still at the same time, you have your attention. You know exactly what are you doing. So we can learn many things. We can do many things as permanent acts of ourselves with practice, with repetition. And it's very important that we prolong these good moments which happen to us. There is a very beautiful story about one of ulamas in Tehran. He was called Hakim Haydaji. Haydaj is a small town uh, in northwest Tehran. If you go, for example, from Tehran to uh, towards Zanjan, then after Qazwin, you go to Abhar. And then, on your way to Zanjan, there is Hidaj. I mention this because many ulama have come from this small town, Hidaj. This man was in Tehran, and he was living inside Madrasa with Talabe. And he was very knowledgeable and very humble. And it is said that he didn't have any reluctance to teach Whatever the subject may be. If some people ask him to teach them, for example, advanced philosophy, like Sharh Manzume or Esharat, he was able to teach. If some people ask him, just teach us, you know, Arabic, which is for the beginners, if he had time, he was prepared to teach. Because he was teaching for the sake of Allah, not to, you know, improve himself. So he was very much available to the people. He had the idea that it is impossible 
for people to have control over their death. This is what we call it voluntary death. That you may be in control of your death. And if you like, you can take your spirit outside your body and then come back. So he was of the idea that this is impossible. So in his lectures on philosophy, he was arguing for this idea, that it is impossible. Once he was doing his Salat of Esha, prayer of Esha, in his room, in Madrasa. And after the prayer of Esha completed, he was doing Ta'qibat, a person, a sort of, you know, peasant, you know, someone from village, came with his stick and entered the room of Hakim Haydaji. And somehow angry, said, why do you say voluntary death is impossible? And he was shocked, you know, because he didn't expect, you know, someone to enter and then ask such a question. And with this, you know, appearance, you know, someone from village. He said, this is my idea and we have learned you know, philosophy for many years. We have done lots of research. We are not like those people that, you know, just express their ideas without having proper knowledge. So this is our job. We have spent our life, we devoted our life to learning and teaching. So this is my idea. But he said, why do you say this? He said, because this is impossible. He said, okay. He just lay back in the room of Hakim Haydaji and, you know, faced with his legs kebler and died. Hakim Haydaji was shocked. He is as someone who has died 1,000 years so, you know, calm and I started, you know, worrying. What should I do with this? Then the government, you know, it was a long time ago. The government would say that these, you know, people have brought some Karibe, some stranger to Jose and they have killed him. What should we do with this? And it was in the night. So he brought students and uh, they decided to put him in a coffin, to put it in the uh, a school outside the room so that in the morning they, you know, realize what to do to ask people to bear witness some sort of, you know, arrangements. So he was very worried. Then all of a sudden that man sat and said, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Do you now believe in voluntary death? He said, yes, but you have killed me. I was going to die. So that man told him, Agha, these things cannot be only understood by teaching and, you know, learning and reading books. This needs tahajjot. This needs ta'abbot. And he mentioned several things. So it said that from that night, Hakim Haydaji changed his life, his pattern of life. He spent half his time on learning and teaching and studying, and half on ibadah and contemplation, recitation of Quran. And he reached very high stages of piety and spirituality. When he was going to die, in his will, he had put very beautiful things. I have exactly his words, in his will. If you don't mind, I read it in Farsi, and because some brothers said, you know, we understand Farsi, and then I translate. He said, 
First, you know, he praised Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and declared, you know, shahadatain and said, you know, what to do with my books and, you know, my possessions. Then he said, as rufaqa taqaza daram. Means I request friends. Vakti murdam imame mara ruye amari nagodaram. When I die, I request them not to put my turban on my coffin. You know, when they carry, normally, if Alam dies, they put Imam as a matter of, you know, respect. He said, don't put my turban on that. Hayuhui lazem nist. There is no need to make any noise about my death. Vabaray majlis khatmeman muye damag kasi nashavand. Don't make anyone in trouble because of my majlis. Zira ke umre man khatm shuda ast. Because my life has ended. Va amale man khatme yafta ast. And my chance for act is finished. So there is no point in annoying people, bothering people, troubling people for me. Then he said, Dostan man khush bashand. May my friends be happy. They shouldn't grieve, you know, feel grief and, you know. Zira man az zindan tabiat khalas wa besuye matlub khud miraman. Because I am released from prison and I am going towards my favorite place. Wa umr javdan miyaba. And achieve eternal life. And then he says, if my friends are sad, inshallah they will join me and we will be together. So there is no need, you know, to be sad. And then he says, I wish I had money to give to my friends. Means schools of talab, uh, sorry, students of a school, you know, talab of a school. He said, I wish I had money to give them to celebrate, to have good meal in this night. But unfortunately, I have no money. Why? Zira ke an shab shab vesal manas. Because this night is the night of meeting my beloved. So there is no need to worry. You can celebrate. When the actual night came, this was in his will. Talabe didn't know that this is the night. But they realized that there is a change. In that night, he was giving advices to Talabe and making jokes. He was very happy. And he was not worshipping as much as he was worshipping other nights, you know. Because other nights he was worshipping alone. But this time he spent more time with Talabe, giving them advice made them laugh. And then, in the beginning of Fajr, he said the prayer of Fajr, and slept in his room, and after some hours, when Talabe saw that he didn't come out, they opened the doors of his room, and they found him. He has died. So this is Something that can be achieved by self-discipline. By taking advice of that man and changing the pattern of his life. He reached this state. So, I shouldn't say that that happened by chance. No, he devoted his life to this. Why this doesn't happen to me? Because I do everything that I want... Then I expect miracles. This does not happen by miracles. Or I have done a little and I expect too much. Someone was trying to act according to hadith of the Prophet which is narrated by all Muslims. Man akhlasa lillah arba'ina sabahan 
جرت ينابي الحكمة من قلبه على لسانه If someone purifies himself and his acts for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 40 days then the springs of wisdom will flow from his heart to his mouth so this is a habit of contemplation and worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for 40 days we call it chalnamashini so it's very important this is habit of mystics that they repeat it Maybe once a year, maybe, you know, twice a year, depending. They try to somehow isolate themselves from the society and spend 40 days just on this. So, someone did this. And on the 40th day, he was very angry. He threw his stick... And he expected to see a dragon like Musa alayhi salam. But he saw nothing. So why there is no miracle? For 40 days I have been worshipping Allah. Then he said, why Jibreel is not coming to speak to me? I must see Jibreel. But this is not a matter of 40 days or, you know, several months or, you know, even several years. Sometimes these things show their results after many years. And some mystics have the idea that the results of your ibadat normally appear when you become 40. When you are not 40 years old, still you may not see that much outcome of your ibadat. So, this needs practice. This needs patience, as we mentioned. I mentioned uh, another moving experience which happened to someone in Najaf. I don't know if you have heard the name of Sheikh Murtaza Talagani. He was a very spiritual man in Najaf. Talaqan is a city near Tehran. And this city is very important. And we have in Hadith that some of the companions of Imam Mahdi salam, will be from Talaqan. <laughs> and there have been many people from this you know, small town. Uh, this man was from the same place, but he was in Najaf. And he was very pious. Maybe I mentioned some other stories about him in other nights. This night, because the time is also short, I just mentioned one point. And that is, again, about his preparedness for death. The Actual story is mentioned by students of the same hose or the same madrasa that he used to live. He used to live in the school, like Hakim Haydaji. This man was aware of his death. And inshallah, if in other nights I mention some other stories, you will realize you know, how important he was. So the talabe of his madrasa say that in the night in which he died, he gathered all students in his room. And up to late night near Fajr, he was just making laugh. Just telling jokes for talabes, you know, beautiful stories and make them laugh. And when Talabe wanted to go out and say, you know, we are going to have some, you know, rest, you know, let, with your permission, you know, for example, very polite way. He said, no. Yek shabast ghanimatast. Means there is only one night. We should use it. We shouldn't, you know, let it, you know, go. So they didn't know what is the reason that he is special this night. 
He had the habit of saying azan, although he was alim and their teacher, but he himself was every day reciting azan. So for Fajr, he went to the roof of the madrasa and recited azan, came down and went to his room. Before sun rises, a student went to his room and found he has died in his bed very peacefully. The caretaker of Madrasa, who was Arab, says, Agha spoke to me in Arabic. And I took it as a joke. I didn't think that he's serious. And the actual words are here. That he said, tonight you sleep. In the morning, when you wake up and you want to make wuzu near the fountain of Madrasa, you will hear that they will say, Sheikh Murtaza Mata. Sheikh Murtaza died. So he didn't take it serious. But exactly this happened to him. He was making wuzu near the fountain and he heard students coming out from the room of Sheikh Murtaza Talagani and saying, Sheikh has died. So, this is something it's very important for us. Because when we talk about Imams and Ahlul Bayt, some people may say, okay, they are special, they are different. We cannot, you know, be like them. Okay, it's true that they are somehow special. But still there, there are examples. And these people are solid proof to show that we can also reach that state. We cannot become ma'asum. We cannot become like Imam Ali. Imam Ali himself said, You cannot act like me. You cannot be like me, but help me by being pious, by making efforts, by being firm in your acts and by being modest. So these people were like us. They didn't come from Mars or Moon. They didn't come from Heaven. They were like us. But they took ayahs and verses of Quran seriously. They took Hadith seriously. They didn't treat them, you know, as jokes, as, you know, just funny stories. They took them seriously and acted accordingly. Tonight is a very important night for all of us. Like these students of the school of Ahlul Bayt, who were aware after this, we read that Imam Ali alayhi salam, more obviously, he was aware of his death and actually expecting his death. I'm sure that you have heard the name of Ibn Hajar, uh, who is a famous Sunni scholar, and he has the book As Sawa'iqul Muhrakah. In his book, he says that Imam Ali alayhi salam was very special in his last Ramadan. This is his words. He says, Wakana Aliyun, he's a Sunni scholar. He says, وَكَانَ عَلِيٌّ فِي شَهْرِ رَمَضَانِ الَّذِي قُتِلَ فِيهِ يُفْتِرُ لَيْلَةً عِنْدَ الْحَسَنِ وَلَيْلَةً عِنْدَ الْحُسَيْنِ وَلَيْلَةً عِنْدَ عَبْدُ اللَّهِ بْنَ جَعْفَرِ Imam, in this month of Ramadan, one night was breaking his fast 
in the house of Imam Hassan alayhi salam. One night in the house of Imam Hussein, and one night in the house of Abdullah ibn Ja'far, husband of Lady Zainab. Because this was the last Ramadan, and Imam wanted to distribute his time with his children. So every night in house of one of the children. وَلَا يَزِيدُ عَلَى ثَلَاثِ لُقَمْ For his iftar, breaking his fast, he just took three bites. Just three. وَيَقُولُ أُحِبُّ أَنْ أَلْقَى اللَّهَ وَأَنَا خَمِيسٌ And used to say, I love to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala while I am hungry. My stomach is empty. So from the beginning of Ramadan, this was his pattern. فَلَمَّا كَانَتِ اللَّيْلَةِ الَّتِي قُتْلَ فِي سَبِيحَتَهَا When it was the night in whose fajr, in whose morning Imam was martyred, the actual night came, أكثر الخروج والنظر إلى السماء was even more special. In whole Ramadan he was special. He acted differently. But this night even more. He used to go outside house, look at the sky and come back. وجعل يقول and he repeated saying وَاللَّهِ مَا كَذِبْتُ وَلَا كُذِبْتُ By Allah, I don't tell lies and I was not being told lies. وَإِنَّهَا اللَّيْلَةَ الَّتِي وُعِدْتُ This is the night which I was promised. And Ibn Hajar himself mentions that Imam Ali alayhi salam had informed before on occasions that he would be martyred in the months of Ramadan. So when he says, by Allah I don't tell lies and I was not told lies, it means that the Prophet didn't tell me lies when he said that you are going to be killed. By the most wishes person of Ummah. And I don't tell lies when I say that the Prophet said this. So he was very much prepared for that. Once Imam salam in Kufa was on Menbar. And someone asked Imam, What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mean? To whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers when he says, وَمِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ رِجَالٌ صَدَقُوا مَا أَغْهَدُوا اللَّهَ عَلَيْهِ فَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ قَبَى نَحْبَهِ وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ يَنْتَظِرْ وَمَا بَدَّلُوا تَبْدِيلًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the believers, they keep their promises and covenant with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Some of them have actually already fulfilled and some are waiting. So Imam alayhi salam said, this refers to me. And my uncle Hamza and my cousin Abi Obeidah. My cousin, sorry, Obeidah. My cousin Obeidah, the son of Has, the son of Abdul Muttalib, was martyred in battle. So he has fulfilled. My uncle Hamza was martyred in the war of Uhud. So he has fulfilled. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And some of them are waiting, it's me. And Imam alayhi salam said, I am waiting for the most wishes person of this ummah. يَخْضِبُ هَذِهِ مِنْ هَذِهِ Imam referred first to his beard and then to his head. I am waiting for the most vicious person of this ummah 
to make my beard colored with my head blood. Ahadun ahedahu elayya habibi abul qasim. This is the promise that my beloved, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, has given me. So Imam was very much aware of what is going to happen. But Imam was somehow, was somehow very concerned. And this is very important. And this is a very important point for reflection. Although Imam alayhi salam knew that he would soon join the Prophet, Lady Fatima to Zahra. And Imam himself said, Fustu wa Rabbil Ka'bah. And in some hadith, Imam said, I already started to see the rows of angels and prophets. Ara So Imam was aware of what is going to happen. But still Imam was worried. Why? There are many things. But a very important thing is that the whole universe in that night was in a special state. Birds had no rest. Fishes in the oceans had no rest. You know that when Imam salam wanted to go outside the house, the goose started to shout and cry and took the dress of Imam. They didn't want to let Imam to go outside. Even the door was trying somehow to prevent Imam to go outside. They were all worried. Why? Because this is the hujjah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whatever humanity and whole universe receives from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is through his hujjah. This is our firm belief. We have in many hadith in Usul Kafi, Lawlal Hujjah Lasakhat al Ardu Ahliha. If Hujjah were not there on the earth, then the earth would have swollen all its inhabitants. Or we have about Imam Zaman alayhi salam. Because of the existence of Hujjah, the earth and the heaven are stable. Because of him, the people are given sustenance. So when the whole universe is going to lose someone Ali, like Ali, the whole universe is in shake. And everyone feels this, except human beings that may or may not feel. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created human beings in a special way. But everything by nature understands these things. So, there is a link between the heart of Ma'asum and the whole universe. Imam Ali was not worried about himself. But the worry and concern of whole universe is reflected in the heart of Ma'asum. And it's exactly the case about Imam Zaman alayhi salam. If there are pains in the hearts of people, there is pain in the heart of Imam Zaman. If Imam sees that his Shia are suffering, Imam is suffering. Imam Zaman salam, has suffered more than anyone else in this world. 
because he has been through all these difficult circumstances for centuries, for ages, and we don't know how long this is going to happen. So, Imam Ali salam was worried, was concerned, because his heart was reflecting what is being felt in the whole world. But soon, all humanity were deprived from such a great man. Such a man for whom the Prophet ﷺ was waiting. The Lady Fatima al-Zahra was waiting. The angels were waiting. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala let us all be with them when we die, when we are in our graves, and when we are revived by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not to be alone. May them always be our support, as we have always been loving them in this dunya, without any, you know, exaggeration. We could say, what really and honestly we have had, if we had just one thing in this dunya that was real and was true and genuine, was the love for Ahlul Bayt, for the Prophet and Imams and Lady Fatima al-Zahra. And inshallah, this valuable thing, inshallah, will help us and protect us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive all our sins, make us clean and pure in this night of Zarba. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make our dead brothers and sisters and fathers and mothers and all marhumin share with us this present atmosphere. This is very unique atmosphere. We are sharing with Imam Zaman salam his grief. We are sharing with the whole universe their grief for Imam Ali salam. May all those marhumin share with us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inshallah cure and heal our brothers and sisters who are ill and inshallah put an end to all sufferings of humanity by reappearance of Imam Zaman alayhi salam wa akhiru da'wana an alhamdulillah rabbil alameen